Seeking for the help of the Lord, I direct your prayerful attention to Psalm 105 and verse 19. Psalm 105 verse 19. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Psalm 105 verse 19. And this is in the context of Joseph. In the word of God, we have set before us those times that the word is a real blessing to the people of God, a real joy. Other times that same word really tries them, really tests them. And this is what it is speaking of here with Joseph. The word of the Lord tried him. When we think of the path of the fathers that went before Abraham, Isaac and Jacob, then they also knew what it was to have the word of the Lord trying them. That lot that Joseph walked and that many of the people of God will walk is not a unique path at all. We read in Genesis 12 how the Lord appeared to Abraham and that he told him that he would make of him a great nation. Abraham was 75 years of age at that time but he had to wait 25 years before he was given even one son to begin that making of a great nation. In the midst of that time, the word greatly tried him. And in the midst of it, he listened to Sarah, who advised him to take Hagar, and they had Ishmael. But Ishmael wasn't the promised seed, and they had to wait for that. Then we have with Uh, Isaac as well, the path that he had to walk, very trying path at first because again many years that Rebecca was barren and even when she was with child, those twins, they struggled within her and she said, if it be so, why am I thus? If this is the Promise seed, if this truly is the Lord, why all this commotion? And the Lord told her of those twins that were in her womb, of two nations, Jacob and Esau. We think of Jacob and his path, and especially in relation to Joseph, because Jacob, when Joseph was 17, He felt that Joseph was dead. The brothers came back, his his sons, and showed him the coat of many colours dipped in blood. And he, he, he believed that he was dead. And we read that Joseph, when he stood before Pharaoh, he was 30 years of age. Uh, So he had those years that went from then, from 17 through to 30, uh, 13 uh, years. And then we had seven years of the the years of plenty, And then when Joseph was made known to his brothers, he said that there were yet five years in which there would be still famine. So again, 22 uh, years had passed and then Jacob, though he felt all these things were against him, at last was brought to see Joseph and brought into Egypt. 
And so we have it with Joseph. From having his dreams at 17 years of age and then having those 13 years to waiting and waiting. And even then when he stood before Pharaoh, it was going to be another nine years before he saw his brothers bow down to him and give him obeisance as he had seen in the dreams, the dreams of his sheaves that were uh, his sheaves standing upright and the sheaves of his brothers standing round and bowing to him and then the stars of heaven, another dream, bowing down to him. He had that anticipation that the Lord would do uh, great things in his life. These things would come to pass and we read when Joseph's brothers came and bowed down, then he remembered the dreams. He remembered what they'd said concerning them and how they hated him because of those dreams. And so going back over and looking at the history of Abraham, Isaac, Jacob, Joseph, we see that there was first given an anticipation through the word of God and then there was a period of time that there was a real trial of that word and the very word of God was used to try them or test them, uh, trouble them even through that time. And then there came the appointed time when they were delivered and that too was through the word of the Lord. And so that is what is set before us here. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. And that laid on my spirit is when the word tries us. And made me think of this, that we could say, well, the word of God is casting us down. Or the word of God takes away our hope. But the way it's set before us here is that the word is to try us. Here it is a picture of an exercise soul, not one in despair but one that is exercised, living, has not cast away the first word of anticipation. It's very much with them, that's why. The word of the Lord is trying them. So that is what is set before us here. So I want to look at three points. Firstly, the anticipation by the word of the Lord. And then secondly, trials by the word of the Lord. Tried by the word of the Lord. And then thirdly, deliverance by the word of the Lord. In speaking of Joseph here, this may be a help to some of you. Joseph's case, Joseph's life has is, is always been a, an encouragement to me and especially that blessing that was pronounced on him in Genesis chapter 49 uh, Jacob he blessed each of his sons but he had this blessing at the end of his life for, for Joseph and the latter part of it he says in verse 26 of Genesis 49 the blessings of thy father have prevailed above the blessings of my progenitors unto the utmost bound of the everlasting hills. They shall be on the head of Joseph and on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Is that last part that was separate from his brethren. In my own case, when I was 19, the Lord began to work in my heart it was my family that moved away in Providence at that time uh, 
And I stayed, lived on my own for 10 years, attending the church at Melbourne. That is where the Lord began with me and where I was brought uh, into gospel liberty and also into the ministry. But it was a lonely path. It was also a lonely path because, and even now, the only one of my siblings that have been called by grace. So that brings, though we love each other, it does bring a separation because we are not one in the Lord. And even now, of course, they live in Tasmania, over in Australia, and we live over here in the UK. So separated in that way. But it also applies as well. We can be in the midst of brethren. We can be in the midst of churches as we are here. And yet there be those things that make us lonely or separate from our brethren. Joseph was in the midst of his brothers, but they did not understand him. They hated him. He was not going amongst friends there. David, he also knew the same when Eliab accused him falsely when he came to the battle with Goliath. And very often the people of God are found to be as speckled birds, as those that are as a sparrow upon the housetop, as the word of God describes them. And so if that is you this morning, you may be feeling this, that you're separate from your brethren, whether through affliction, housebound, whether it's through distance, you may not have a place of worship that you can uh, gather and worship with the people of God and you feel very much that distance and separation. You'd love to have it otherwise, but in God's providence he has ordered a more lonely path. Or it may be you are in a church and you do have many about you, but many can't understand you. They can't understand your path, your feelings, your exercises, your burdens, and you must bear those things alone. The heart knoweth its own bitterness. A stranger doth not intermeddle with his joys. And that here is the was the case with dear Joseph, and as it has been a hell to me often, may it be a hell to some of you as well, the blessing that was on the head of Joseph, on the crown of the head of him that was separate from his brethren. Well, let us then look firstly at the anticipation by the word of the Lord. It was by the word of the Lord that Abraham first came out of Ur of the Chaldees by the word of the Lord that he told him about the seed that he should have and the nation that should be built. It began with the word of the Lord. The whole earth began with the word of the Lord. The Lord spake and it was done. We are to remember this, that even though it may be providential things, they happen by the word of the Lord. We read further on in the psalm here, Psalm 105, of some of those signs that were wrought in the land of Egypt. And some of them are, are marked in the way that they came to pass. In verse 31, we read, He spake, and there came diverse sorts of flies and lice in all their coasts. And so it doesn't just say these things came, but they came because the Lord spake. In verse 34, He spake, and the locusts came, and caterpillars and that without number. And so we have the Lord speaking and commanding and then things are happening, things are being done. It's good in all the three points that we have this morning to remember that because sometimes it is 
that we do not hear the literal word, but we hear the effect of it. Sometimes the two things go together. We have the case with Jacob when he was with Laban, that two things happened. One was he saw that Laban's heart was not towards him as before time. And the other one was that the Lord spake to him and said to return unto his kindred. And so the two things went together. And we know that all things that happen on the earth are done at the command of the word of the Lord. He spake and it came to pass. He spake and it was done. And this especially is the case with that which brings about an anticipation with the people of God. After Adam fell, then the first promise was given of the seed of the woman that should bruise the serpent's head. And that led to the church of God anticipating the blessing that was to come. And we only have the uh, list in Hebrews to get some indication of those that lived and died by faith. They lived on this expectation of the coming of the Lord. And we have a uh, description of that in verse 13 in Hebrews 11. These all died in faith, not having received the promises. They anticipated really all their lives that the promised Messiah, the seed of the woman, should come. But having seen them afar off, we're persuaded of them and embraced them. They embraced these promises of Christ. They had an anticipation, an expectation that... He that said he would come, he would come. And we know, of course, he did come and how he came and when he came. But for these Old Testament saints, they live their lives trusting in the word of the Lord, trusting in his promise. And may that be with us as well, that we see the promises of the gospel, we see the promises of eternal life, See the promises through our Lord Jesus Christ and we embrace those promises. And may it be that the Lord has raised up that expectation in your heart, in my heart, through the promises of God. It may be that he has given also an expectation and he is through the word coming as what the Apostle Paul saw as he was that he said that I was alive without the law once, but when the commandment came, sin revived and I died. That which was ordained unto life, he found to be unto death. But it began with the word of the Lord coming, the law of God brought into his heart, condemning him, bringing him under conviction, slaying him, and then as a schoolmaster leading him, to Christ and to trust alone in Christ and not in his own works. But this bringing about first an expectation, instead of just doing something, instead of just bringing it to pass, there is an expectation first. We have that in many things in our lives. We think of if we were to go on a holiday, we don't just suddenly up and go, usually there's a planning for it. There's a finding a place to go, appointing a time to go and uh, making that known. If we've got a family, if we've got children, part of the joy of going on holiday is the anticipation, the build-up to it, maybe months or even a year in advance that we're going to go away at a certain time and to a certain place. And that all happens before it comes to pass. And uh, it is the same in the word of God. You think of the children of Israel in uh, Babylon captivity. They were told that they should go there, told that they should have 70 years there. Then they would be brought back out uh, all the time. That 70 years there, they knew that there was that anticipated time 
that they would be brought out. If we went back to the children of Israel in Egypt, the Lord had said to Abraham that his seed should be a stranger in a strange land, but that in the fourth generation that they should come forth to this place. Those that knew what God had said, they would have had that anticipation that he would do those things, that he would bring it to pass. And of course, going into the land was what had happened with Joseph, was the means of them being brought into Egypt. Anticipation by the word of God. He which hath begun a good work in you, the beginning of the thing is with the Lord. In the beginning, God created the heaven and the earth. And in the beginning, in salvation, it is God that makes it known. It is God that speaks to his people. It is God that brings his word. And the word that we have should be the beginning of everything that we hope in, everything that we expect, everything we look to to come to pass. It should be that the Lord is in the beginning of it. He is the author of it. And a great part of that then is an anticipation of what the Lord will do, what shall be accomplished. Now, we need to be very careful in those things. We think of in the book of Daniel, where there was the anticipation, he was told clearly about the length of time. We, we read in verse, 10, verse 1 of chapter 10, In the third year of Cyrus, king of Persia, a thing was revealed unto Daniel, whose name was called Belteshazzar, and the thing was true, but the time appointed was long. In the margin it says, Great. And he understood the thing and had understanding of the vision. So there was a true thing, but the time appointed. There was a time appointed and it was a long time. Sometimes those anticipated things, they are spiritual things. In the spiritual life of a child of God, from first conviction of sin, first bring to a need of a saviour, first bring to a hope in his mercy or to be waiting upon him, looking to him in a spiritual way. Those that are first brought to seek the Lord, there is a time from the beginning of seeking to when they find him and when they are blessed and they are brought as hell-deserving sinners with no hope to then raised up to a hope and then having that hope realised in the spirit bearing witness with their spirit that they are a child of God. And it is vital that we all have that work, a spiritual work, a saving work in our hearts. It is vital. An expectation in the gospel but then there is those providence leadings of the Lord. What we should do, where we should go. If we have a knowledge of the Lord's overruling hand, then our desire will be that our ways might be ordered by the Lord. Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? But again, such care we need. Sometimes we can have an expectation like Naaman had when the little maid told him who was, and he was a leper of the prophet that dwelt in Samaria, Elisha, that would heal him of his leprosy. And his expectation first was that, well, he should go to the king, but the king couldn't heal him. And then when he went to the prophet, that the prophet would say some great things and do some great things and wonderful things. And when he only just sent his servant and told him to go and wash seven times in Jordan, then he was very offended. 
And his servants calmed him down. He did as he was bade and he was healed. But his expectation was very different from the reality. It was a right word. There was healing there, but not in the way he thought. We find with the two on the way to Emmaus, they had the same views of our Lord Jesus Christ. They had seen him taken by the Jews, crucified and slain, and they said that we trusted it should have been he that should have redeemed Israel. They could not see, they did not realise that they had actually witnessed the redemption through the precious blood of Jesus Christ shed on Calvary's tree. They needed the Lord to come and interpret that to them and to, with his word, reprove them and to show in all the scriptures the things concerning himself. We think of the Jews walking in sinfulness, walking against the word of God, seeking to destroy Peter. They put Peter in jail, in prison. They'd already slain James with the sword they expected after Easter to bring forth Peter and to kill him as well. But the Lord appeared, heard the answers to the prayers of the Church of God and we read, delivered Peter from all the expectation of the Jews. They expected that they would destroy him but God delivered him out of their hand. And we can have expectations and yet they be sinful ones or wrong ones and they can have ones that will never come to pass. Many have made mistakes. The Lord has told me this and told me that and yet when we look at their lives we can see that they are walking sinful lives, contrary lives to the word of God. And the Lord would never tell people things that would make them walk in a wrong way. The God dishonouring way. And so we must be very careful uh, to sift out what we receive as from the word of the Lord, and especially if we try to shape our lives by it. And those that shaping is in an ungodly and unscriptural way. Often it is good to have that exercise before the Lord to try it by the word of God and of course that is what is here now our second point about to wait upon the Lord in that matter but that anticipation is a way the Lord does deal with his people in providence and in grace he gives them an expectation gives them an anticipation and then comes a time of delay, a time when it looks perhaps that it will, won't come to pass, it won't happen at all. And instead of being a time that is said to be discouraging, it may be discouraging, but in the word here, it's a time when the word tries us. So I want to look at that in our second point where the word of the Lord tries us trial by the word of the Lord until the time that his word came the word of the Lord tried him I believe that it's not so much as the word of the Lord tries that original word and promise of anticipation. But here it says that the word of the Lord tried him. It was a, a, a personal trial. It was something that was testing his faith, his trust in the Lord, who he was, how he would Act under these things. Though some have said, and I must say, I tremble to hear them say it, of a particular exercise or word that they've said, that if they're wrong in that, they're wrong in everything. 
And I thought, what man would you, would you really cast away all of your faith, all of your religion, all of what the Lord has so done for you and sealed for you and everything upon whether this one exercise, one word was right. Now, I'm not saying under the Spirit of the Lord and under real faith that one might feel that, of the certainty of that coming to pass. But I feel there's been many that have said such things like that and those things have not come to pass at all. But what is being tried here is the person themselves. Their trust in the Lord. Their reliance on the Lord. That he would bring these things to pass in his time and in his way and that if we are mistaken, the Lord will show us and the Lord would correct us, but that we would not cast away our faith, we would not cast away our trust, we would not descend into utter despair, but that we would say, though he slay me, yet will I trust in him, or in Peter's way, that ye must if need be, be in heaviness through manifold temptations or manifold many different trials and it brings about a heaviness. We read in Hebrews 12 of those that are chastened. Now no chastening for the present seemeth to be joyous but grievous, yet nevertheless afterward it yieldeth the peaceable fruit of righteousness to those that are exercised thereby. Not to those that don't think about why this has come or what it is doing or whether their lives should change or whether they should humble themselves before the Lord. It's to those that are exercised. These things cause much searchings of heart, much going to the throne of grace, much searching the word of God, much waiting on the Lord. It, it evidences a living soul, not one that turns back and walks no more with the Lord, but ourselves are being tried. We are being tested. Our standing before the Lord. You think of our Lord's parable with the sower. What happened to the word? And this is speaking of the word that gives the anticipation. And the Lord speaks about that one parable, which is a key parable. He said to the disciples when they didn't know what that parable meant, if you know not this parable, how will you know any parables? Because it was speaking about the word of God and its fruitfulness. And what happened with that word? Well, one, on the uh, wayside, the devil took it away straight away because it was not understood. But the others, especially those that which was on stony ground, stony ground hearer, sprung up quickly, joyfully received, but then there came persecution because of the word, then there came trials and they became offended and they went back. You don't read that because of those trials because of those troubles, they were exercised, they were tried by it, they were tested by it, and they clave to the word, and they kept going. No, they went back, they walked no more. And the other, amongst thorns, along came the things of this world. And they completely entangled, smothered, overrun uh, that good seed like those overcome by the things of the world. The things of the world didn't try them, trouble them, uh, make them to be much tested as to be drawn back into the world, but crying to the Lord to be kept and to be preserved from it. No, they just went back. And so the, the Lord has put the word here, until the time that his word came, not the word of the Lord was tried, 
But the word of the Lord tried him. Are you a tried soul? Am I a tried soul? A tested soul? Things are going on in your heart, in your life. They're really trying everything. You're looking narrowly at your prayers, your faith, your hope in Christ, your interest in of heaven. All of these things are being tried and tested. Where am I? What am I? Am I truly the Lord's? Am I in his path? All of these things. And the, the Lord is using the pathway, the life of his people for their spiritual good, to keep them alive and to bring them tried. And another aspect will be the actual words that are written in the Word of God. You know, we read in Lamentations, Who is he that saith, and it cometh to pass, when the Lord commandeth it not? And if we have an anticipation of something, think, if the Lord hasn't commanded this, it will never come to pass. If he has commanded it, it will come to pass. But at this present time, it hasn't come to pass. So that very word in Lamentations, it, it tries us. We look at it, we go over this word. We think of the promises that are in, in, in some of the Psalms. In Psalm, Psalm 37, Delight thyself also in the Lord, he shall give thee the desires of thine heart. And you say, but I've got these desires, these desires of my heart for these things to happen, these things to come to pass, for these blessings, but I'm not having these. They're not being granted to me. Do I really delight in the Lord? Am I really one of His? Is this why my desires aren't being granted? And in this way, the Word is, is, it is trying us. It is, it is testing us. We might read in Psalm 50, and verse 15, Call upon me in the day of trouble, I will deliver thee, and thou shalt glorify me. And you suffer, we've had these days of trouble, and I've called upon the Lord, and, and he hasn't delivered me, he's silent to me. Be not silent unto me, lest if I be silent unto me, I become like them that go down into the pit. You think of dear Job and and how low that he was brought. He could not find the Lord. He looked on one hand and looked on the other. That trial went on and on. His friends thought, well, because it went on and on, there was something wrong with Job. He must have brought the chastising hand of God upon him. We know it wasn't through chastening. It was the Lord working these trials for good. The book of Job, if ever there's a book, where it shows of one being tried by the word of the Lord, first it was through that which was being brought even by his, his friends as they first came to comfort him, but afterwards, like in chapter 5, where Eliphaz, uh, he uh, speaks to him uh, and says, He maketh sore, bindeth up, he woundeth, his hands make whole, he shall deliver thee in six troubles, yea, in seven there shall no evil touch thee. And he's speaking things that are all truth and all right. But in, in Job's position, they are really trying words. You think of how many words his friends spoke that were true, the right words. But in, in Job's trials and difficulties, they were like arrows and piercing. Do you have that? Do you read the Word of God? You come across words, come across passages, and they're like arrows, like piercing things that really try. And the devil says there, if you were a child of God, that wouldn't happen, or that would, yeah, that would happen, that would come to pass, but it's not, therefore you're not a child of God. And these things cause great exercise. You're being tried and, and tested by these things, the Psalms especially think, speak of uh, many of the exercises of the soul in, in this way. We think of Psalm 91, 
we are told, uh, I will say the Lord, he is my refuge, my fortress, my God in whom will I trust. In him will I trust. Surely he shall deliver thee from the snare of the fowler, from the noise and pestilence. And there's many promises there. But when we think, and well, the Lord hasn't delivered me. I've gone into this trial. I've gone into this trouble. I've gone into this affliction. And that can be a real trial to the people of God. Psalm 73 when the psalmist Asaph and he sees the prosperity uh, of the wicked. The psalm begins, Truly God is good to Israel, even to such as are of a clean heart. But as for me, my feet were almost gone, my steps as well nigh slipped, was envious at the foolish. And he was seeing their prosperity. The wicked are prospering. God's people are not. He says... Uh, they set their mouth on high, but he said, therefore his people returned hither, waters of a full cup are wrung out to them. They're exercised, they're burdened, they're tried by this. They say, verily I have cleansed my heart in vain, washed my hands in innocency. He said, these are the ungodly who prosper in the world, they increase in riches. Verse 16, when I thought to know this, it was too painful for me. Are there things like that with us? It's so painful for us to think on or to read on. It says here, though, until I went into the sanctuary of God, then understood I their end. Sometimes we cannot understand. We're not seeing as God sees. We're not understanding as God understands, Jacob is saying all these things are against me, but we who know the whole picture and whole story know they weren't against you, Jacob. Joseph is alive. He's gone before. God has sent him before. And Joseph here, Joseph would have said, these dreams that I've had, this expectation, how has it happened? My brothers have dealt with me in this way. They've sold me as a slave. I've then been falsely accused. I've been put into prison. I have interpreted the dreams of the butler and baker. And I so desired the butler to remember me, to speak to me, to Pharaoh, to bring me out. But nothing has happened. And I've been in this prison these two years, even more after that time. And everything would have seemed so dark. How is it going to end? How is it going to be changed? That first word, the first expectations through the dreams, those things, the word of the Lord tried him. The word first given, the word of the Lord that he knew, really testing everything that he understood and knew of God or trusted in God. Painful things. The Lord tries his people, tests his people. You know, if we were to have something that we said, well, we were told this is gold. You thought, is that really gold or is it Perhaps an imitation. There are several tests you could do. Was it magnetic? Or perhaps then it is plastic, so you put it in the fire and it doesn't burn up, it doesn't be not destroyed. So you think maybe it is gold. And the trial of God's people is spoken of as being as the trial and testing of gold and of silver not with the intention of destroying it, but really of the intention so the people of God, this side of the grave, they know it is God's work. It is his work. and It does stand the fire. It does stand the test. It, it, it doesn't say, well, I've got to understand everything and everything the Lord does, I've got to understand it before I believe him, before I trust in him. Because the faith of God's dear people, it stands in the Lord, in his wisdom, not in our own. In many, many things in our lives we cannot understand, cannot fathom.
that the Lord will do what is his will and right for his people. The trial of the word. Is that where you are now? Now you think of it in this. This is what you're going through is trying you. God is using you to try you, to test you. And so don't forsake him. He won't forsake you. Don't mistrust him. Don't think that because you can't understand the way the Lord doesn't view it, not as to cast you down, not as to discourage you and to take you away, but as one of those tests and trials that the Lord, like he's done with his saints before, has appointed for you, appointed for me, and yours is different than mine and different than others of the Lord's people, but he's working the same way. But there is a time that the Lord's word will come, a time of deliverance, and I want to speak of that last. Deliverance by the word of the Lord. Remember we said at the beginning that it may be purely by the word of the Lord and certainly I remember that when I was brought out of seven years of bondage after the, with the exercise of the ministry. It was through the word of the Lord. The Lord brought me into personal spiritual liberty and in liberty regarding the ministry in a moment and it was through his word. Nothing changing in providence, but everything did change in providence once the Lord blessed the word and set me free. And there's been many times in my life as well that there's been this waiting time, appointed time that has come. Sometimes it has been the Lord giving the word that people then have acted. Things have happened in providence. Things completely out of my own control but the Lord has given the word and then the thing is done and that was a deliverance here how quickly that must have appeared for dear Joseph going about his work there in the prison and then suddenly the command comes from Pharaoh to have him washed and shaved and dressed and brought before him. And all his life changes in a moment. The thing was done suddenly. You might say, well, that was Pharaoh. No, it was the word of the Lord that ordered providence, that brought the butler to remember, that brought Pharaoh's dreams to him and brought then Joseph to interpret those dreams. Deliverance by the word of the Lord. May we hold fast to this until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. We will try right up to the time that the word of the Lord came, brought to pass his word, spoke deliverance. Same with the children of Israel coming out of Egypt. You think of those nine trials. And none of them released them from Egyptian bondage. But then the Passover, and a beautiful type really of the incarnate word in the shed blood, and they were thrust out that same night. The thing was done again very suddenly. Same with the children of Israel out of Babylon, already foretold that Cyrus should make the decree and that they should come forth. It just waits upon the Lord to say so. Now is the time. Deliverance now. Appear now. Move this person. Move that person. Bring this about. This is what we wait upon for the Lord's doing. To be able to look upon it and say, This is the Lord's doing is marvellous in her eyes. James in his epistle speaks of the 
endurance or patience of Job and the end of the Lord. And this is the time that the Lord has said. He said a time when his word gives the anticipation. He said a time when his word is a word of trial and testing for us. And then he said a time for deliverance. A setting on high. The appearance of the Lord's word to bring about his will and his purposes. And I believe we will always be able to look back and see the Lord's way has been the right way, the best way, that his will has been done. The Lord says, your time is always ready, but my time is not yet. We often are very impatient but the Lord will have us to be patient and steady and wait on him still and may this word then be a help to you, a help to me in seeing especially that that time of waiting is not wasted time is a needful time. That's why Peter says, if need be, now through heaviness, through manifold temptations or manifold trials, may we hold fast to a path that the saints of God before us have already tried, already proved, and I believe some of us in our lives, if we're honest with ourselves, we've already walked in several other different situations than maybe we're in now. Until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. But his word did come. And we see the end of the matter. And may the Lord be pleased to appear for us, for you, and we see also the end of the matter, the end of the Lord, to his honour and glory. And we be coming forth out of these trials as a vessel for the finer, to the Lord's honour and glory, not destroyed, but still trusting and looking upon the Lord, confirmed as his dear people. The righteous are tried, are tested, by the Lord and he will choose how that is brought about until the time that his word came the word of the Lord tried him the Lord had his blessing Amen